Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. All right, we have been in a series we started last week called Baggage, Unpacking a Better You. And really, uh, as we've kind of been praying about this series and really what this series is about, uh, the Lord really talked about, was really sharing with me, really about unpacking things that we kind of carry throughout our lives. Things that we carry, we may not realize we're carrying it. Things that we carry that we may realize we're carrying it. But either way, it's things that can impact uh, and be weights on our lives to really reach the full potential and what God has for us. Negative thinking is one of those things, but also I believe, and I want to talk to you today, which is a topic I've never talked about. Uh, I want to talk to you about burnout. I want to talk to you about burnout. They say there's a a statistic right now that says 70%, 70% of working Americans, of working adults, 70%. Well, that means if you're working, meaning 17 years old or 70 years old, 17, 70, 70, excuse me, percent of those people have experienced some sort of burnout in the last year. Some sort of burnout, whether that's relational burnout, whether that's through work with your burnout, whether that's through the church with burnout, whether that's with God, your burnout, whether that's with kids with burnout, whether, whatever that may be, 70% of Americans who are in the working age range have dealt with or have, are dealing with some sort of burnout within the last year. That's a lot of people. And so that means it's a, it's a major topic that I believe we should discuss because, again, I believe God has not called us to carry that weight of burnout. We really get our text from the scripture of the series in Hebrews chapter 1. It says this, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, the baggage, every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let us run this race, this race that we call a life, this race of our journey and relationship with God. But in order to run that race, let us lay aside these weights that hinder us. One of those weights, I believe, are burnout. And Jesus, I believe, has called us to not live in burnout. He doesn't want us to. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, it says this. Many of you know this scripture. And Jesus said, come to me, all who are weary, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's more to the scripture, praise God. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. I read this scripture, and I don't see any thought of burnout. He doesn't say, you know, oh yeah, come to me and then I'll I'll burn you out. Come to me and I'll exhaust you. Come to me and I'll make things way more tiring for you. No, he says, in fact, if you are weary and you are carrying heavy burdens, if you are burnt out, come to me. He says, why? Because the yoke I give is easy and the burden I give is light. That sounds kind of nice. I'd rather easy and light than stressed and overwhelmed. Maybe just me, but that's okay. You can be stressed and overwhelmed. I'm going to live big chilling, easy and light with Jesus. 
And again, it shows us the picture of the heart of God of where he desires for us to be a people that are not so consumed and overwhelmed with the things on this planet that it gets us to the place of where we are burned out. And I believe this is a culture and a society that we are living in, living in that we are consumed and even addicted. I'd go so far as to say addicted to stress. We think as a culture that if I'm stressed, that means I'm busy. And then if I'm busy, that means I'm successful. And if I'm successful, that means I'm significant. So what we do is we base our lives on this concept of carrying this weight that we never were intended to carry called stress because we feel like if we're stressed, well, we're busy. That's part of being busy. That's part of being successful. And part of being successful means I'm important. I have significance. And so I need to be busy and I need to feel stressed because I need to feel and know that I'm significant. And that is not the case at all. Significance has nothing to do with what we do on this planet as a position or a job. Significance has to do with our relationship with who he is and what he does through us. And here's the thing, we can't work or do anything to get him to do it through us. He does it through us because he loves us, not because of something we do on this planet. Does that make sense? And so I love it because if we look in the scripture in the Old Testament, you know, Moses, many of you know, he led the Israelites out of slavery, out of Egypt, and he was wandering with the, with the Israelites. And there are millions of people that he is leading. In fact, I believe Moses, Moses was probably one of the greatest leaders in the Old Testament. He was leading millions of people. And even Moses, as great of a leader as he was, in fact, he was so close to God, God called him a friend of God. He was so close to God and also such a great leader that he was able to lead millions of people, but yet he still himself got burned out. And I want to show it to you. In Numbers chapter 11, what's happening is, is Moses is leading the people and they're in the wilderness and they're complaining because they're only receiving manna and they want some meat. Come on, somebody that likes meat. They wanted a little something extra. They said, give me the A1 sauce. I want some steak and cheese. Come on, somebody. And in Numbers chapter 11 and verse 11 is really where we pick up in the story. It says, so Moses says to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised and on oath uh, to their ancestors? Where am I supposed to get meat for all of these people? They keep whining to me, saying, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. Check it out. The burden is too heavy for me. He was dealing with burnout. Verse 15, it says, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. My man was done with these people. You know what I'm saying? He said, this is it. Just honestly, let's just call me to heaven and God will just be up there feasting because I'm done. He says, do me a favor. And he says, spare me this misery. Moses is such an incredible leader, but here's what happens. He gets to the place where he gets burned out because he's carrying this burden, this weight that God never intended him to carry. Yes, God intended for him to lead them. He never intended to, for him to carry them. And if you see in the scripture, he doesn't say I'm leading them. He says, I'm carrying them. Why? Because he's put this responsibility and this overwhelming stress on his life and it's caused him to get to the point where he's burning out. And I wanna show you just a few things from this scripture that I see really are a road for us to burn out that we should be careful of 
as we're walking and doing life together. In Numbers chapter 11 and verse 11, it says, so Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? Why have you afflicted your servant? Really the beginning portion of the road to burnout is the blame game. Moses right here begins to blame God for the reason why he's feeling the stress and being overwhelmed. He's saying, why have you afflicted me like this? And this is what happens with us oftentimes. We start to put a blame on someone or something for the reason why we are feeling so overwhelmed and stressed. We blame our jobs. Well, it's just, it's the season of our job. It, it's just so busy and I'm feeling so overwhelmed and I'm so stressed and I, I have no time for anything. And we, so we'll blame our job, job because of the hours that we're putting in our job. Or we'll blame a spouse or our kids. Or you say, you know what? They're taking so much of my time. I have no me time. And so we put the bl- bl- blame there. We put our blame for those who are in school. Put our blame on school. Well, I gotta go to good, get a good education. And so I gotta put all this time. I gotta study all these hours and I gotta, I got to do 15 hours this semester because I got to do this when I graduate in this year. So I got to do all these things. And we start to blame the, the things that we're doing on the reasons why we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And if you look at the text in this scripture, this is what Moses did. He starts to blame God for the reason why he's feeling. And when in fact, it wasn't God's fault that Moses was feeling this way. In fact, it was Moses's fault. Moses' lack of leadership to manage these people caused him to feel this way. How do we know this? Because if you read on at the end of this text, in the very same chapter, God tells him, get 70 leaders and, and orchestrate and organize and, get, get, and delegate all these responsibilities to these people so that you can continue to lead the way you're supposed to lead. And so here's what happens. Moses sets it up and he doesn't have, he's not walking through burnout anymore. Why? Because he was able to manage what he was given responsibility for. Oftentimes, we blame something in our lives for the reasons why we're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. And it all comes back to our lives lack of managing ourselves comes back to us lack our lack of managing our time it comes to us our lack of being able to manage our jobs and our responsibilities it comes back to down to us our lack of being able to uh, uh, manage our relationships whether it's with kids family members friends whoever it may be and so we have all these things we're not able to manage and so then we feel overwhelmed and we start to play the blame game and this is the beginning portions of leading us to the road of burnout. It's not God's fault if we feel exhausted. It's not your relationship's fault if you feel tired. It's not your job's fault. It comes back to us where we have to evaluate and say, okay, are we managing ourselves and our souls well? When we justify, here's what happens. When we justify blaming something else, we blame a a, a job, a a spouse, a kid, whatever. We blame this for the reasons why we're feeling stressed. Here's what happens. We justify having unhealthy schedules. So here's what happens. If, if my job needs me for 60 hours, here's what happens. Now, I'm blaming my job for making me work so much, but so now I'm, be able, I'm able to justify why my schedule is unhealthy and I'm working too much. Does that make sense? It's important that we understand this. And so we gotta realize, okay, we can't play the blame game. We gotta be able to evaluate and say, okay, am I managing myself and my soul well? Numbers chapter 11 and verse 11, it says, so Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? 
See, here's, what, here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. Moses is leading millions of people. And here's what he says. He says, so why, what have I done to displease you that you put a burden of all these people on me? Here's what happens. See, we, we start to blame something in our lives. And then what happens is we go to the next kind of journey or next step and burn the road to burnout. And here's what happens. A blessing turns into a bur- burden. A blessing turns into a burden. Here's what happens. This was a gift Moses was gifted the call of God to lead all these people out of Egypt, to lead them into the promised land. What an incredible privilege and gift. And Moses, through the overwhelming and through the stress, instead of seeing it as a gift, he starts to see all these people and these responsibilities as a burden. This is what we do. We'll start to look at our job and the, the gift that God has given us of having a job. Instead of saying, God, I'm thankful for this job, we start to look at it as a burden and say, I hate this job. It's so, I'm so miserable in this job. It's not what I like to do. You know, you're supposed to, when you work, you're supposed to do what you like and love to do. Not always. It's part of work. And so we understand it's a gift. Why? Because if the Bible says, it's, if I work, I eat. And so guess what? I want to eat. Come on, somebody. So it's a gift, and so I see it as a privilege. I don't see it as a burden. Our relationships, we can start to look at our our relationship with our spouse, our relationship with our children, our relationship with our friends. We can start to see them as burdens because they need us and they desire love from us. And so then we get overwhelmed and we feel like they're, they're too much for us and it becomes a burden when really these relationships are blessings. We look at education the gift of education, and we say, oh, I'm so overwhelmed with all these hours. I'm so, much, I'm so overwhelmed with all these studies. What a gift it is that we get to learn and be educated to become something and someone that we desire to be. It's a gift. But burnout will tell us, oh, it's a burden, and so then what happens, we start to look miserably on it, and we start to see it not as a blessing and not as a gift. We can look at it as our, in our church. I know many people who've been burned out from churches where they serve and they're serving at their church. And then now I've had a lot of people come to our church and tell us, tell me this, like they, they've been, I was serving the past church and I just got burned out. And so now I just don't want to serve. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just tired. Just give me a break. Let me breathe, Pastor Jordan. Let me breathe. And here's what happens. What's, what we've done is the gift and the blessing of serving becomes a burden on people's lives. And then here's what happens. It causes us to step away and say, I don't want to deal with that burden. And that's part of the road to burnout. And so God wants us to see it as a gift. I remember when we were uh, about to launch our church in, in January of 2019, and uh, I was about two weeks out, and I was just meeting anybody and everybody I could meet. I mean, I was trying to meet everybody. Anybody that wanted to talk to me, I was like, hey, church, you want to come? Ah, you want to help? Ah, you know, anything I could do. I was like, I'll pay you. You know what I'm saying? Like, ah, no, okay, I'm not going to pay you. I'm just kidding. Okay. And I remember meeting at a coffee shop with one guy and we're sitting across from him and he had been serving at a church for many years and he had kind of stopped going to this church and he had said, you know what? I, he said, I just, I, when I didn't show up, I felt, I felt like I felt bad. I was so needed. He said to the point of where that I felt like I, I just couldn't not be there. And so it just got to the point where I never got to rest and I just got burned out. He said, he told me this. He said, so honestly, I'm not looking to serve. He said, but I'll give you one Sunday. I'll serve on launch day. I said, bless you, brother. Bless you. 
I said, yeah, okay, one Sunday. He said, I'll give you one Sunday. I said, bro, I'll take one Sunday all day. He served that one Sunday and that brother hasn't stopped serving since. Come on, somebody. But here's what it is, because he realized serving was not a burden, it's a blessing. But when we allow burnout to be overwhelm us and stress to overwhelm us, we start to see the blessings that God is trying to give us. We see them as burdens. And so we don't even walk out and live in those blessings. This is a blessing to be able to lead. Imagine the amount of people that wanted to be Moses, that wished they could lead at the level that Moses was leading. If any of you in the room are leaders, I love, I love leadership stuff. Like no joke, I'm like, bro, Moses, put me up there. Let me try. You know what I'm saying? Like I, if any leader in the room, you know, this would have been incredible, an opportunity, a gift. And yet he saw it as a burden. Why? Because he allowed the stress and the overwhelming situations of the responsibilities caused him to see it as a burden and it caused him to become burnt out. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 12, it says, did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why did you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to their ancestors? Blessing turns into burden and burdens create unhealthy expectations. Unhealthy expectations. It's interesting to me right here. He says, why did you, why did you tell me? He's talking to God. He says, why did you tell me to carry them in my arms? It's interesting because God never told Moses to carry them. God told Moses to lead them. And in fact, if you read the scripture, many of you know in the Old Testament, what God did in the wilderness is he led them, God led the Israelites and Moses by pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. God was the one leading them. All God was wanting Moses to do was follow him. And then through him following him, other people would follow Moses. But Moses saw it as, I'm not following God. I got to carry all these people to where God has for them. And that is not the heart that God had for Moses. And he put an unhealthy expectation on Moses and that Moses put on himself. It's the same thing that you and I do. We put unhealthy expectations on ourselves on where we think we should be or what we should do and it causes us to become overwhelmed and stressed. I remember meeting with somebody many years ago. I remember meeting across from someone, no joke, true story. And I'm meeting across with this young lady who's a freshman in, high, in college, excuse me. And she's crying. I mean, just weeping like, oh, like the ugly cries. Come on, ladies, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like just crying. And I say, what's going on? What's the problem? What's the issue? How can I pray for you? And she says, you just don't understand. She said, I got my first B that I've ever gotten in my school. It's my first B. And she says, now because I got a B, she was a freshman in college. Now that I got a B, my GPA is going to drop because my GPA is going to drop. Now I'm not going to get the degree I want to get. If I don't get the degree, I'm not going to get the master I want to get. If I don't get the master again, I'm not going to get the job I want to get. I was like, whoa. I said, I'm going to be honest with you, young lady. And this is a true story. I really said that. I said, young lady, when I was your age, if I would have got a B, I wouldn't have been crying. I would have been celebrating. Come on, somebody. I would have been praising God. He's good. He's faithful. He got me that B because I didn't get it. You know what I'm saying? But isn't it interesting the yoke that the world puts on us, that we put this, that we have this unhealthy expectation to where if I make a mistake right now, my future is destroyed. My future is not in my hands. My future is in God's hands. 
For those that are parents in the room, we put so, un, so much unhealthy expectation on ourselves as parents. Like we gotta do all the right things and we gotta make sure we're saying all the right things because if not, like they're gonna end up being crazy like we were. In the end, God cares about our children more than we do. He loves them more than we do. So now I can rest and know God cares about winter more than I do. So if that's the case, yes, I want to be a good role model. Yes, I want to provide for her. Yes, I want to love her. Yes, I want to do those things. But in the end, the unhealthy expectation of if I don't do it right, she's going to turn out wrong is so off because in the end, God is the one that takes care of her. He's in her hands. I remember when we were, and, and many of you know, but we were a portable church, and I know I'm talking about a lot about when we were younger, because God help us, praise God for that season. And we were a portable church, many of you know that. If you weren't here, we were a portable church. We would set up every single week, meet at Leon High School, and then tear down every single week at the same exact day. In fact, tell you a true story, we have three services now, and we do three services, and we're still at the church less time than we were when we did one service at Leon. That's how much time it took us to set up and tear down. Bless those that served during Leon's high school days. Those were the glory days. Come on, somebody. And here's the thing, I'll never forget, like we would have these, we were portable, and so like all kind of stuff would never work. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it would, always stuff would be happening. Like, all, like you just would like be preaching, all of a sudden all the screens would shut off. I'm like, well, praise God, I don't know what scripture I was gonna read. You're just gonna have to trust me that it's the Bible. Come on, somebody. I remember one time, like, we were in a worship practice and we were setting stuff up. All of a sudden, all the lights in the whole auditorium went off. It was like pitch black dark for like five minutes. Come to find out the guy that was doing the lights like pressed the wrong button and deleted all the, the, the programming for all the lights in the whole auditorium. And like the worship lady loved her to death. She was like in the dark for like five minutes. They were still practicing, just going strong in the dark, pitch black. Dark. And finally, like five minutes in, she's like, uh, can we get some lights on, please? <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it was, it was, there, was, there were some, some issues. And I remember that we would have problems and issues all the time and I'll never forget I mean I'm telling you when I say problems like you would just like you just never knew what was going to happen it was almost fun you know what I'm saying like you just never know you're going to go to church today and you may not even have church you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm laughing at myself okay and I remember this is a true story true story I remember when the, we do it now still where the lights go off and it's, it's dark and we play a, a bumper video is what we call it a video for the, a sermon video and I remember being in the dark at Leon High School and I remember things just be going wrong and things are issues. And I remember having conversations with God because I was so stressed. I was so overwhelmed. And Ashley knows this. I was so, because I felt like if I don't preach good right now, nobody's gonna come back. Like literally, it was such a dumpster fire. Come on, somebody. Like the whole place was such a dumpster fire. If I don't preach good right now, the church will never grow. I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. That is an unhealthy expectation. Why? Because I don't grow the church. Why? Because it's not my church. It is not my church, it's God's church. In the end, God grows the church. In the end, people are attracted to God, not to me. I don't want people attracted to me. I want people attracted to God. And so I remember having, true story, conversations in the dark and saying, God, you gotta take this off me. God, I, I, don't, I don't wanna be concerned about preaching good or not good because in the end, God, I know I don't preach good because a thousand of my words are not as good as one of your words. And so God, you speak, you teach, 
And God, you draw people. And, and guess what? God continued to grow the church. I don't know how. I do know how. It was God. It wasn't anything else. It surely wasn't the dumpster fires. Come on, somebody. And I just want to encourage you in this. And again, I'm just being honest and vulnerable with you. We all walk through seasons like this, where we put these unhealthy expectations on ourselves, where we think if we don't, it won't. And it's not true. It's if we don't, he will. If it's in his hands, we have to get to be the point to the point of our maturity of where we take it out of our hands and we give it to him. For those of you that lead businesses, you need to take it out of your hands and say, you know what, maybe I do need to take some breaks and maybe not work as much. Why? Because in his hands, it's gonna be way more successful than in my hands. Just saying, okay, good. Numbers chapter 11 and verse 14 says, I cannot carry all these people by myself and the burden is too heavy for me. I cannot carry all these people by myself and the burden is too heavy for me. Unhealthy expectations now lead to I can't. It leads us to the point of where we see something where the expectation is so high now we say we can't do this. I can't, I can't do it. I can't accomplish this. And it causes us to become deflated. And then in Numbers chapter 11, verse 15, it says, if this is how you intend to treat me, just go ahead and kill me. Do me a favor and spare me the misery. We get deflated and I can't then leads to I won't. I'm not going to do this. I can't do this job anymore. It's too, it's too difficult. There's too much going on. I can't do this relationship with the spouse or with this kid, these kids. I can't do, I can't do this, 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 this serving in church thing anymore. It's just too much. You don't know what I dealt with before, and so I can't serve. And I understand taking breaks. Hear me. I understand taking breaks. But there are moments and seasons where we break, but then there's moments where we say, not in your marriage. You don't just take, don't, okay, that's not what I'm talking about. Okay, anyways, people are like, wait, really? I can take a break? No! It gets to the point where we become so burnt out with all the things in our life and overwhelmed and stressed that we just say, you know what, it's just not worth it. I'm just not gonna do this. And God desires us for us to know that that's not his heart. His heart is not for us to get to the point of burnout where we won't, but his heart is to say in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Maybe you're in a place of burnout right now in this room online. Maybe you're in a burnout with your job. Maybe burnout with one of your relationships. Maybe burnout with the church. Maybe it's burnout with me. Praise God, I love you. Wherever it may be, I do know this. God's heart is that we would not live in burnout, that we would be a people that I believe even not just not live in it, but not even experience it because we're continuing to seek him and receive what it is he wants us to receive and allow us to continue to walk out and live according to his purpose and his plans. In verse 28, it says, come to me all who are weary, and carry heavy burdens. Very quickly as I close today, we talked about the road to burnout and what Moses did. I wanna give you three things that I see in this scripture right here with Matthew on how to avoid burnout. Number one, the Bible says, come to me, all who are weary. He says, come to me. He doesn't say, come to Fiji. He doesn't say, come to carnival cruises. He doesn't say, now again, I'm all for vacations, but he says, come to me. What does this show us? Really, in order to avoid burnout, there needs to be this daily refreshment with God. This daily refreshment with God. How are we, hear me, how are we setting up our time in our lives where we are allowing ourselves margin to spend time with God daily? He is the one that truly refreshes our soul. So many people, hear me, so many people, they work 351 days hard and long for 14 days of vacation. We spend 351 days striving, trying to survive to try to live for 14 days. 
There's, that, that, that's not balanced. And instead, God wants us to be a people where we say, no, daily I find this time with God where he can refresh my soul. He can allow me to be refreshed in his presence and in his word. And I can go, our spirits, our bodies, our souls, our minds, they're all so intertwined. They are all so intertwined. I'm telling you this, if you are not spending time with God, I believe this because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, seek first. If we are not spending time with God daily, we are literally on the way to burnout somewhere because he is the only one that refreshes. And here's what happens. When we don't get it from him, we're gonna start looking for someone else to give it to us something else to give it to us. And this is where we spend all our time in our jobs and all our, spend all our times in a relationship. And we try to, and here's what happens. All those things disappoint us. And then it causes more discouragement. It causes more deflation and it causes more burnout. It starts with daily refreshment with him. Then he says, come to me all who are weary. Then verse uh, 28 says, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Daily refreshment and we need rhythms of rest, rhythms of rest. I believe this, rest is the greatest sign of trust. You can't say you trust God if you don't know how to rest. You can't say that you trust God if you don't know how to rest. Let me explain why. Because if, it's, if you're not able to rest, that means it's in your hands. That means he's not in control. That means he's not Lord. That means you don't trust God. If, you, if, if we, in whatever area, I'm talking about every area, in our relationships, in our future, in our jobs, in our provision, in our security, whatever it may be, if we are not able to take moments and rhythm, learn rhythms of rest in our lives, then we need to go back to it's a trust issue, not a busy or not busy issue. And again, hear my heart. I'm not talking about being lazy. If you're in this room and you're thinking, well, Pastor Jordan said I can quit my job. I don't have to work. I can just, just chill and sit up, sit up at home all day, play Xbox all day, or just drink sweet tea. I just, I'm just, I'm just going to live the dream. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a learning a rhythm of rest of where every one of us in this room and online, we have rhythms. We are all walking in some sort of rhythm. Here's how I know that. How do I know that? If you get married or you have children, your rhythm changes and it throws you off a little bit. If you move to a new city, your rhythms change. You get thrown off a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We all have rhythms. And so here's what happens. In those rhythms, are we alive, allowing time for rest in our lives? And again, I'm not just talking about vacations. Oftentimes people think rest is when I leave my life and do something out of the ordinary. That is part of rest, but that is not all rest. Rest, ha rest has to be a rhythm. Why? Because we can't go out of town every single week. We can't go out of town every single day, but I wish we could, come on somebody, but that's not what it is. Here's what it is. We have to find times in our daily schedule, in our rhythms to be able to rest and trust God with whatever it is in our lives. Rhythms of rest. Mark chapter six and verse 31, as I close today, verse 32, it says, then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles didn't even have time to eat. So they left by boat, come on somebody with a boat, for a quiet place where they could be alone. If Jesus said, there is so much going on right now, there are so many people coming and so many people going, we haven't even eaten. If Jesus looks at his disciples and say, let's go somewhere quiet and take a breather and rest. 
If Jesus did it, how much more do we need to do it? Because I, I don't know about you, but when I read the life of Jesus, my life don't look a lot like that. I wish it did, but my life's nothing like I try to be like Jesus, but Jesus is Jesus. And if he needed to rest, how much more do we need to rest? And so learning the rhythms, learning the margin of rest in our lives. What does it look like for you? What does your rhythm look like? Where can you find moments throughout your day and your weeks where you can... <sighs> See, God gave us the Sabbath. Many of us, talk. we can talk about Sabbath and, you know, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they got it so wrong. They thought in the New Testament, they thought that the Sabbath was for God. But God didn't give us the Sabbath for God. God, God gave us the Sabbath for us. And so here's what happens. The Sabbath is a moment where we can step back and say, okay, God, I'm gonna trust you. Even though I know the job needs me, even though I could be sending emails, I know I could be thinking of a new plan or a new strategy or a new structure, or I could be, God, I know I could be doing all that stuff, but God, here's what I'm gonna do. <gasps> Why? Because I know if I take a break, if I breathe, if I rest, I know it's gonna help me come up with even better strategies. It's gonna help me be even more creative. But I have to put that in my schedule of rest. Why? Because I have to be able to trust God that if it's in his hands, he's gonna take care of it. One of the greatest illustrations of that in our day and age today is Chick-fil-A. All of us in the room know Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays until you want Chick-fil-A and it's a Sunday and you drive all the way there and you realize it's Sunday. The founder, many of you know the story, when the founder told them they're gonna work six days selling chicken, just chicken, nothing but chicken, chicken, and six days, and then the seventh day, we're not, gonna do, we're not gonna work on Sundays. We're gonna be completely closed. When they told him, when he told the people this, and he, they all told him, everybody told him, you'll never make it. Many of you know the story. He legitimately was told by every person he talked to, this, this will never work. You will never survive in a culture and a society where you have to make money to live. You will not make enough money if you take a break on Sunday, you close on Sunday, you won't make it. Many of you know this. In fact, Chick-fil-A, out of all chicken fast food restaurants, they make over four times what any other Chick-fil-A restaurant makes. Four times. Why is this? I'll tell you why. Because it's God's chicken. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because the founder was a Christian. And he said, six days in, in my hands and one in God's is way more powerful and gonna be, always be way more successful than seven days in my own. And God, I believe it. God has blessed that restaurant and that business because they understand the concept of learning rhythms of rest. Let all of us in this room and online, let us learn. Let us remove. I love that Jesus says, take away the yoke. And he says, I'll give you my yoke and my burden. The world gives us such a yoke of stress and busyness. 
The world gives us such a yoke that we now think if we're not carrying that work, that yoke, we will not be as successful as someone else or we won't be and get as far as someone else. And here's what God is saying. No, no, no. Let me take that from you. Give that to me. And then let me put my yoke and my burden on you. Why? Because if I put it on you, I'm telling you, it's going to be way better than you wearing it on your own. And so I don't know what you're walking through. I don't know what you're dealing with, but 70% of the working age human being in America has dealt with some sort of burnout in the last 12 months. I don't know if you are in this room, but that means statistically a lot of people are online. And I don't know where you're at, but I do know this. God has called us to remove that weight, to allow us to become, become, begin to be refreshed and renewed. Don't allow the baggage of burnout to continue to carry or carry that burnout into in the next seasons of your life. Because here's what happens. Burnout doesn't just go away through time. Burnout has to be, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remove it. And now I'm going to shift and begin to change and allow God's yoke and God's burden be on my life. I'm going to allow him to refresh me. I'm going to allow the rhythms to change in my life so I can become who he's called me and created me to be. Let us be a people that learn the rhythms of rest. Amen. Can we pray?